Hey y'all, welcome to episode 43 of Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz. I'm really, really happy to have y'all here. If you enjoy Eco Chic, please go ahead and throw us a rating or a review on whatever your favorite podcast listening platform is. It's super, super helpful in letting me know what you guys want to hear and getting the word out. I love when you guys share with your friends and share on your Insta stories. It makes me so happy. So like, please continue to do that. I love when people are like, oh, my friend so-and-so sent me over here and I really enjoy your content. So please go ahead and continue to do that. I just want to say hello and happy Thursday. This is our first Thursday episode, which is really exciting for me. So normally the podcast is just every single Tuesday and it has been that way for almost a whole year now. So for 42 episodes, we've been coming out every single Tuesday. And I was asking at the beginning of the year how you guys want more content, if it was in the form of podcast episodes or video content. And I got to be honest, video content is really, really intimidating. So that's like kind of on the back burner in my head right now. Um, So I'm trying to like figure out the logistics around that and the, you know, just like how I would get that done. But also I appreciate that you guys want more podcast episodes because I feel like I have this new momentum that is just like, I have so many good conversations lined up and I wanna get it all out to y'all as quickly as possible. So I wanna just continue to be putting out as many episodes as I physically can. This is right now a one woman show, fun fact, because I love when people email me and they're like, you and your team. And I'm like, actually, it's just me. But I love the idea of being able to put out two extra episodes every month. And this is going to be our first Thursday episode. So happy Thursday if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. And with that, I want to kind of talk a little bit more about some feedback that I've been getting about content that y'all want to hear about. And a really big pull that I've been hearing lately is that y'all want more information on veganism, plant-based diets, low impact lifestyles. And those are usually two separate suggestions that people give me or like ask like questions that people ask, like how do I eat low waste? How do I eat a little bit more plant-based in a really easy way? And I'm really excited today to be bringing you a conversation with Jessie Stokes of Tiny Yellow Bungalow. She actually just came out with a cookbook called the Zero Waste Vegan Cookbook. So I thought this was like the perfect marriage of all the things that we care about and want to learn more about. And I kind of want to preface this episode a little bit with talking about going plant-based at least a couple days a week or for a couple meals a week, because I feel like a lot of the time the idea of veganism, it's kind of intimidating for some reason, but there is actually a lot of pros when it comes to environmentally with your health. And then also just from an animal rights perspective, going meatless can actually be a really, really powerful statement. So we all know actually from the news, a lot of headlines lately have been thinking about veganism from the trend or the fad that veganism has kind of like become. Veganism is on the rise and I really love that because I feel like everywhere I go, there are more and more plant-based options when I go to a different city or a new restaurant or whatever it might be. And being plant-based is really sexy right now in a sense. It's something that we are all kind of thinking about, again, for all of these different reasons, environmentally, for our health, and then also from an animal rights perspective. So I kind of want to break down those three categories a little bit before we get into today's conversation. So from an environmental perspective, going meatless is really, really helpful in reducing your carbon footprint, your water footprint, and then also your energy footprint. I feel like we all are kind of aware of the power behind a meatless Monday. They say that actually my favorite fun fact is that one pound of beef, so just a basic packet of ground beef at the grocery store is the equivalent 
of your 10 minute showers over the course of six months every single day. So I just want you to think about how much water goes into that. And the reason that that's a really powerful statement is that for one cow, think about how you have to feed it for its whole lifetime. So that's all grains that go into it, the energy that it takes to kind of take care of that cow and take care of the land that it's grazing or the lots that it's being produced in. And then also the water that goes into feeding that cow and those grains and everything. So beef is by far the worst thing you could do environmentally for your diet if you are concerned with your footprint. But also from another perspective, there are very similar effects kind of on a lower scale, but also very, very heavy in carbon, water, and energy when it comes to other red meats. Pork is also really high in the environmental footprint that it takes. Chicken and turkeys are a little bit lower, but again, really a lot higher than eating a plant-based diet because think about how much plants you can produce. And then also from like a personal energy perspective, we're all really familiar with like the food web from an eighth grade science class. And we know that energy transfers up the food web. And if you're eating lower in the energy pyramid, in a sense, you are receiving more of those nutrients and more of those health benefits than you would be if you are eating a larger consumer like a cow or a pork or, or I guess a pig, sorry, but something along those lines. So I just want you to think about it also from like a scientific perspective when it comes to the embodied energy and whatever meat products you are eating. And then let's talk kind of similarly about the health benefits of going plant-based. So there are clinical trials that have shown that there is a lower risk of both heart disease and type 2 diabetes when it comes to eating a plant-based diet. They are really, really helpful in actually lowering the risk for those particular diseases. And then also there's quite a lot of speculation about the treatment and reversal of current health conditions when you go plant-based. So some of the more structured information comes around lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, rates of diabetes. A lot of the time um, there are some like miracle stories of people curing quote-unquote their diabetes via a plant-based diet. I am not like 100% on board with the science behind it. I haven't like looked too deeply into the statistical methods, but I would like to just put that out there. If you're someone who is not going to look too deeply into the statistical methods, there is some speculation out there that plant-based diets can help treat and reverse current health conditions. There's even a couple stories of plant-based diets helping out with different cancers and even Alzheimer's disease. Again, I'm not by any means like advocating for this pseudoscience because I have not looked into the statistics of it, but there are a lot of stories where plant-based meals can help with those particular issues. And also just from a health perspective, we understand that athletes that go plant-based are typically a lot leaner, they're quicker, they have sharper senses than people with plant-based. There's a lot of like brain fog that's associated with eating animal products. So just think about it from that perspective as well. And something that I also love to point out is even the dairy side of things. So going vegetarian versus going vegan. Dairy is something that's very heavily associated with brain fog. It's also from a physical perspective, very heavily associated with like your under eye circles. If you're eating a lot of cheese or whatever, you do have a lot of under eye circles typically associated with dairy consumption. And something that always throws me off is the idea of low fat cheese or low fat cream cheese. And maybe it's reduced, but also at the end of the day, dairy products are fat. So just kind of think about it from like a systematic perspective in a sense. Um, so I really encourage you guys to just think a little bit deeper about the food choices that you're bringing into your life and like why they might make you feel certain ways. And then lastly, we are familiar with the animal rights advocacy perspective of going for a plant-based diet. So there are a lot of issues. If you've watched any of the documentaries on Netflix, Food Inc. is a good one. Forks Over Knives is a good one. But we are all familiar with the idea of all these chickens being packed into a little 
teeny storage container and then being bred excessively. GMOs that are used on these animals, the grains that they're being fed a lot of the time are not pure grains. I recently heard a story of excess Halloween candy being fed to farm animals because they couldn't resell it and it was too late and expired and whatever. So also just think about like, what are these animals eating? You don't really know. And there's not a whole lot of regulation around things like grass-fed or free-range. Organic is, of course, more regulated by the FDA. But a lot of the time, these labels are slapped onto our animal products. And we don't actually know if they say free-range, maybe the chicken was let out one day of its life and then brought right back into that teeny tiny storage container. So you don't have a lot of security in what you're buying if you're buying it for those particular labels. So I just like want to acknowledge that there is a really big animal rights component to going for a plant-based diet. So getting to today's conversation, we're chatting today with Jesse Stokes of Tiny Yellow Bungalow. Like I mentioned earlier, Jesse is the author of the Zero Waste Vegan Cookbook. The idea behind this cookbook was that it was like quick, easy recipes that you could find low waste in any old grocery store and that you could also make a plant-based full family meal based on these recipes. So I thought this was a really interesting concept. Jesse talks a little bit about how there was kind of a void in the market and she just wanted to fill it. And I think that's a really powerful way to come up with a product idea or a service. And I think she has a really great perspective on going plant-based and going low waste because we do talk about how, for the most part, we're busy women, we're out, we're living our lives. Some of us have families, some of us are going to school, and you don't always have the time to sit and make a full elaborate like four-course meal for yourself and your friends at the end of the day. So I really appreciate the perspective that Jesse takes of things that are easy, things that are accessible, and things that are very easy to like put into your routine. If you're not going plant-based all the time, let's say you're just going little by little. And I think that that's a really powerful perspective to bring to the conversation. So with that, I hope you really, really enjoy this conversation with Jesse. I really enjoyed it and I really, really enjoyed chatting with her. So I hope you guys like it too. Hey, hey, Jesse! thank you so much for joining me today on Eco Chic. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Before we get into um, our conversation, I was hoping that you could tell me a little bit about yourself, tell the audience about who you are. So I'm Jesse. I'm the gal behind the Tiny Yellow Bungalow uh, online zero-waste store and eco-blog. So yeah, I blog about all things zero-waste, plant-based, and eco-friendly. I really like that. So tell me also about kind of your online presence, your blog, this eco blog that you do run, um, how you got into that and what your like your passions are when it comes to sustainability. Yeah. So I started the blog um, in, I think, 2015. Um, at the time, I was living in a tiny yellow bungalow in Houston, Texas. Um, and it was the first time that I'd ever had my own backyard, my own space. And I decided to get into like gardening and trying to compost and things like that. And um, it just kind of grew from there. I, I decided to start the blog because um, I really wanted to document my own experiments in sustainability. Um, and it's just kind of grown from there. I love that. And tell me a little bit also briefly about your store that you do run now through Tiny Yellow Bungalow. Yeah. So I've got this little zero waste online shop where I sell. Um, bamboo toothbrushes, soaps, reusable bags, stainless steel containers, all kinds of things that you would need for a zero waste lifestyle. And I started that in 2015, I think, too, mostly just because I had a really hard time finding all those products in one place. And so 
I just decided to start the shop mostly out of like my own need. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really grown from there. It started out with only bamboo toothbrushes and shopping bags. And now there's like over a hundred products. So it's really grown. <laughs> That's amazing. I think the best businesses always come out of identifying your personal need and realizing that it's not on the market yet. So if you want something, I'm sure that there are other people who want it as well. And I think that's like a really powerful business model to go down. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so something that I want to get into, something that initially connected us, is that you recently released a zero waste vegan cookbook. And I would love, love, love to talk to you about the cookbook. But before we get into that, kind of break down those two categories of veganism and zero waste. So starting off with veganism, could you tell me a little bit about why you got into veganism and how that um, kind of transitioned throughout your life? Because I know now you do have a son and you've grown from the tiny yellow bungalow. And I'm so interested in veganism long term for you. Yeah, for sure. So it started a few years ago. I had watched some documentaries on Netflix. Um, I think it was Forks Over Knives and Vegucated. And I got really interested in the plant-based diet in general, just eating more plants. It just seemed like it was the healthiest option for for people and for the environment. And so I started trying to incorporate the vegan diet into my, my daily life. And it was going pretty great <laughs> um, until, yeah, I have a son. He's almost a year old now. And just after he was born, I had a really hard time sticking to the plant-based diet because I just didn't have the time or the energy, you know, to cook like I used to before I love, you know, going through all of these cookbooks and finding the most delicious vegan recipes and spending lots of time at the grocery store, you know, going to different stores, trying to find zero waste ingredients. And I was like, you know what? I just need a cookbook that has all these things. Like I just, I just want low waste recipes that are only plants. And I looked for that and I couldn't find it. So that's kind of why I decided to start the cookbook. <laughs> no, absolutely. And has veganism like changed at all throughout your time? Like, is there any challenges now that you're like cooking with a child? Um, or how does that like, how has that changed since like you first watched those Netflix documentaries? Because I've seen them too. And I feel like um, it's changed a little bit for me, the plant-based diet based on where I live or just like what my restraints are in that particular situation. Yeah, I definitely get that. Like it's it's certainly changed. Um I mean, you would think it would be a lot harder now um with my son Vasco, but actually he he eats everything that we eat. So that hasn't been a real struggle, but it was a struggle with just like I was saying before like having enough time and the resources like you said um to be able to do that. And so before I just, yeah, I had a lot of time to focus on the zero waste lifestyle and veganism, but it's now, yeah, it just makes it a little bit harder making sure you have the time and the energy. No, I feel like that's a really common struggle, even for people who don't have children, just coming home from a long day of work and then thinking that you have to look for a recipe or look for particular ingredients to fit into your lifestyle or your values or whatever it may be. And I feel like that's a really common issue or a challenge that people come across when they want to eat vegan and low waste at the same time. So I think that you've definitely like filled this void that people are looking for. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that too. I think some people like it's not a, an issue of wanting to be zero waste or wanting to be vegan. It's like they don't know how to do it. It's like, I, yeah, I want to I want to eat healthier. I want to eat more plants. But how does that how does that work out in my daily life? 
Absolutely. And then on the topic of living a little bit more zero waste, could you tell me a little bit um, like what zero waste looks like for you? Because we were talking before we started recording a little bit about that mason jar stereotype of your trash of the last five years. <laughs> so what does zero waste look like for you and your family? Well, I mean, zero waste definitely, I mean, the goal I know is to have no trash enter the landfill, but that's not really realistic for anybody, honestly. But we do just try to do our very best. We don't have a trash jar, um, but we do re, you know, reuse things. We try to limit plastics in our life. We do a lot of cooking at home. So we have a lot of zero waste practices that we follow at our house. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not trash jar people. <laughs> No, I appreciate that. I recently discussed, I was telling you the difference between living low impact versus living zero waste. And so I'm always really interested to know what zero waste looks like for different people, because I think we all kind of have like a little bit of a different definition when it comes to zero waste. Yeah, I, well, and I think a lot of people started leaning more towards the low impact lifestyle because zero waste just seems so unattainable. But I just kind of try to look at it as you know, doing the best that you can and that no one is honestly zero waste, that it's just not possible. So just doing the best you can and progress over perfection is what I always believe in. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that that quote of progress over perfection, because I think that's a really good way to look at it. Because, yeah, like you said, it's, it's kind of intimidating to think about zero waste. And it is kind of a buzzword right now. So as people continue to search for zero waste on the internet, or Instagram, or whatever it may be, you are faced with a lot of very almost extremist, I feel like that's kind of an aggressive word to use. But like low impact versus zero waste, yeah, just doing the best you can is the goal. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it doesn't all have to be at once either. You know, I've tried some zero waste experiments and, you know, they haven't worked for us. And then other things that have worked really great for us, like just a few months ago, I was um, I tried washing my hair with only water because, you know, zero waste. Um, And I tried it for two weeks and it just didn't work out for me. I just I didn't like it. But I, I have a shampoo and conditioner bar that I love. So I don't know. I feel like zero waste can look different for people. Um, It doesn't have to be one way. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because a lot of the time they do think some or just the general public. Sometimes you get faced with all of these different swaps and you feel like you have to do everything all at once and you feel like you have to stop buying packaging and stop buying plastic. But I feel like I like to encourage people just to be mindful of their choices and just think about what you're inviting into your life. And little by little, those habits will become very natural and you will just start living closer to zero than you were before. Oh, yeah, totally. And just switching gears a little bit, I'm hoping that we could talk a little bit more about your cookbook, the Zero Waste Vegan Cookbook. So I was hoping that we could kind of first start off with some of the maybe misconceptions that people have around eating zero waste and vegan, maybe some things like protein. I feel like I get that question a lot. Like, how do you get your protein? And because you have created this whole cookbook, I'm sure there are plenty of protein options that people don't necessarily have to be intimidated by. Oh, yeah. I get that question a lot too about protein. But honestly, there there isn't really a protein deficiency that we really need to worry about. But you can get protein from so many things that are not animal products, like beans and lentils and leafy greens. Um, there's all sorts of things that have plenty of protein in, in them. A lot of my recipes, I mean, they're all, yeah, they're all plant-based, low waste, but they're also super quick 
to prepare. I feel like that's another misconception that people feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in the kitchen all day. But no, they really don't take more than about 20 to 30 minutes to cook each of the meals. And I, it was really important to me when I did make the cookbook that each of the recipes makes four servings. So I wanted it where me and my partner could have dinner, a plant-based dinner, and then also leftovers for the next day for lunch so that it would just be easier for us. I think that's a really, really good idea when it comes to a cookbook, because I feel like when I open up a cookbook and I sometimes have the opposite problem because I'm just cooking for one person and I'll like half it to make sure that I have leftovers. But when I'm cooking for a group, it's sometimes hard to gauge, even with recipes that I read online or I find on other blogs, um, serving size. So I think that's a really good, like just idea to have in your mind while you're writing the cookbook. Yeah, like I said, it was kind of selfish on my part because I was just like, okay, if I'm making this for us to make it easier for us, how could it be even easier? So yeah, lunch is prepared the next day for two people. (laughs) Awesome. And when you say that the recipes are zero waste, so could we talk a little bit about what that looks like just um, in terms of purchasing certain ingredients or composting or whatever it may be? How do you kind of encourage zero waste along the cooking process? Oh, yeah. So I mean, I know zero waste is different for everybody, and it really all depends on accessibility and where you live. And so mostly the ingredients are just really simple ingredients. So they're mostly plants. Um, some of them include um, like rice or pasta, which I know not everybody has bulk shopping bins, but it doesn't have a lot of like fancy vegan res- ingredients, I guess I would say. Like there's not... Um, tofu or tempeh or anything like that there should be a limited amount of plastic that's needed for the ingredients and yeah it's mostly just plants oh awesome i think that that's a really good consideration when you're talking about like fancy vegan ingredients tofu is the one that always gets me because it always has to come in this like hard plastic shell with a film over it and i feel so guilty when i buy tofu because that's usually like the one thing that i'll purchase if i am like grocery shopping at a larger grocery store and i decide to produce some sort of waste in that grocery shopping trip, there is never a good low waste tofu option. And I feel like tempeh is even more inaccessible to me in that I feel like I don't see it. Maybe I'm not looking for it at the grocery store, but there are definitely a lot of easy plant-based meals that you can make without those like fancy ingredients. Yeah. No, I think that all the time that a lot of times when people think of vegan, they think of like the fake vegan meats or like fake vegan cheese and like meat crumbles and stuff like that. Um, And so none of the ingredients include any of that stuff. I wanted to make it where you could shop at any grocery store, even, you know, like Walmart or Target or wherever, and be able to find the ingredients that were in the recipes. Yeah, I think that's a great consideration because that's what the majority of people have access to. Like you said earlier, not everyone has access to bulk stores. And I'm from the East Coast, and I feel like bulk shopping is almost non-existent right now, at least like in Florida, where I'm originally from. Um, Now, I live on the West Coast, and it's like a little bit easier for me to find things in bulk, things package-free. And that's definitely a privilege of how I live. But being able to think about living lower waste at a regular grocery store or somewhere like a Walmart is such a powerful kind of like empowering in a sense empowering like ability to give someone because a lot of the time you don't think you can live this way without bulk stores around you yeah it definitely feels that way especially like i said when you when you do try to find recipes and you're hunting on pinterest or whatever and they they have a lot of ingredients that are in plastic so 
I was just trying to be really mindful of that when I was writing the recipes. And now that we're talking about recipes, I'm hoping that maybe we could talk about some easy beginner recipes, perhaps, if you're interested in sharing. I feel like I get this question a lot about like plant-based recipes, living lower waste in the kitchen, things like that. And it seems like you've kind of conquered that space. So is there any like really easy go-to recipe that we could do? Like a girl's coming home from work and she only has access to our regular grocery store in her big city. What would be like a really easy go-to plant-based recipe? Yeah. Um, I guess like my go-to simple recipe (laughs) that we make, we usually make it if we're in like a pinch, like we're just really hungry and we want to eat now. Um, but we're trying to eat low waste and vegan. So we'll do, um, like, uh, rice and beans, which I know that sounds so boring, but we call it like, like, it's like poor man's chipotle. So like rice, um, black beans, salsa, um, avocado, and, um, your favorite hot sauce. And it's so simple, but it's really delicious and it's filling. So we eat that a lot for lunch. Oh, I make that all the time. I love any sort of like rice and bean based dish. Honestly, like anything out of a bowl, I'm all about. Yes, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then what about like if you have a little bit more time on your hands? Let's say like you have a Saturday night, you have a couple girlfriends over and you want to make a plant based low waste recipe for everybody. We like to do um, stir fries. Those are always good because you can kind of mix up whatever ingredients that you have available to you at the grocery store or whatever's in season. So we just stir fry some veggies over rice and you can pick whatever sauce. A lot of sauces come in glass, which is it's not completely zero waste, but I mean, it's better than nothing. So, um, yeah, stir fries are a good option or we like to do soups as well because they're really versatile. You can kind of mix and match with again with sometimes if we have some veggies that are going off rather than tossing them in the compost we'll just chop them up and put them in a soup I think that's a really good idea and I'm glad that you brought up soup I love stir fry personally but I feel like a lot of people love stir fry but soup is something that people do not give enough attention to in my opinion like I love (laughs) I love soup I really do and I think that it's good for a group especially like this time of year winter time because yeah it is really versatile and it's easy to kind of make up on the spot for a lot of people based on what you have. So you have like a basic recipe, but let's say you don't have all the vegetables that the recipe calls for, whatever it may be, it's easy to just kind of throw things in there. Oh yeah. Also, it's really great because you can freeze it. So if you make too much, um, soups freeze really well. Oh, you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about freezing soup, but yeah, that is a great point. When it comes to any sort of food, thinking about the ability to store it longer term. And before I let you go, where can everyone find you? You can find me on tinyyellowbungalow.com or I spend a lot of time on Instagram. (laughs) So you can find me over there. I'm just at tinyyellowbungalow. Awesome. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat a little bit and share some of your knowledge when it comes to zero waste vegan cooking. I think that you have really done a great service for the space. Yeah, I've enjoyed chatting with you. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Jessie Stokes of Tiny Yellow Bungalow. I'm of course going to have all of her links down below in the show notes if you're interested in connecting more with her and purchasing the Zero Waste Vegan Cookbook. Again, I think that this is a really great way to go about your week or go about shifting your diet in a more plant-based, low-waste fashion. You don't have to change your whole lifestyle. You don't have to go cold turkey, quote-unquote, cold tofu. Should we say that because it's plant-based? I'm not really that funny, so let's move on. I think that it's really great to just think about how you can incorporate these low-waste plant-based meals 
little by little into your diet and then at the end of the day it becomes second nature and you don't even think very much about it. Some of my personal favorite ways to get in things like protein low waste are buying dry beans and then I just cook them in my crock pot. If you have a pressure cooker, you could definitely do that as well, but pressure cookers kind of freak me out a little bit. So I use a crock pot and I make chickpeas once a week um, or I'll do lentils, I'll do that stovetop and that's a great way to get protein and iron. Black beans you can definitely do in your crock pot and then I always throw in like a bay leaf and some red onion and things like that to make them like a little Cuban black bean. But there's a lot of easy ways that you can think about shifting small things in your diet so that you could live a little bit more low waste and plant-based. So don't feel like you have to overhaul your whole life right away or even a whole meal right away. I will go ahead and link some blog posts down below that I've written about meatless Mondays and that I've written about easy zero waste swaps for your kitchen. So an easy way to think about your composting or an easy way to think about certain meals that you could make lower waste without packaging. So I'll go ahead and have those down below if you're interested in learning more. Normally at the end of every episode of Eco Chic, I like to answer a question that I've received via DM or email or in real life or whatever it may be. And today we're not gonna be answering a question because this whole episode was kind of like a compilation of multiple questions that I've received lately about living zero waste, about living low impact, about living a little bit more plant-based or vegan or whatever you want to call yourself. And also a couple episodes ago, we had a just like quick little bite-sized episode that was called 10 Easy Zero Waste Swaps. And that's a really good one to start thinking about your waste in a more general perspective if you're interested in learning about that. So you could definitely go back and listen to that if you are so inclined. And with that, I hope you guys have a really great Thursday. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you next week.